Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elemental Evan podcast. This is your host, Evan Roberts. And on this podcast, I simplify complex health topics from a holistic perspective. On today's episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Mick McDermott. Mick is an online health and wellness coach, and I actually met him in Ecuador of all places, even though he's actually from Ireland. And yes, we do speak a little bit about how we met for anyone interested, but more importantly, we talk about what role mentality has played in our lives and how it has benefited our mental health. Now, mental health is a major focus of today's world, and while a mentality shift might not be the fix-all for mental health, it's a great place to start and has personally helped me when dealing with stressful and difficult times. In this episode, you'll learn about what role travel has played in changing how we view the world and how the thing that is causing you the most pain in life might just be the best teacher you never knew you needed. In this episode, as with all episodes, we end with actionable steps to put all the knowledge contained in this episode into action. That way you're not just listening to this podcast, but actually growing from this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And let's get into the show. Well, hey, for those of you joining us today, this is Mick McDermott. Honestly, amazing guy. Love the way we met. We'll probably dive into it a little bit here. But Mick, if you want to just introduce yourself in any way, yeah, whatever you want to let the listeners know about. Yeah, so as you can tell, folks, I am from Ireland. Um, I'm going to have to make sure I speak slow because I actually lived in California for a year. Evan. And so many times people could not understand me because my accent's very strong. So I'll try and make sure I fill out my words and speak speak properly. But so yeah, I'm 31 and I'm a health and wellness coach. Um, I've been doing that for the last close to five years now. And I have a massive passion for travel, which is how me and Evan cross paths on South America. Um, so that trip alone, like even meeting people like you and... So many other people I met, it was like a life-changing trip that actually helped me transfer from the job I was doing. It was like a construction job, project manager, into the health and wellness. And it was nearly, I look back now, it was by accident because people think is like, oh, did you have such a passion for that there? And being honest, I sort of feel a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a, not a hypocrite, but I'm like, I nearly get into it for the love of traveling. I realized this was one way that I could travel full-time. I wanted to live that digital nomad lifestyle. And I realized having tried two other business ventures and failed miserably, I still didn't give up on that dream of working remotely and that laptop lifestyle. And then whatever, I had recently just finished a, a program with another coach and I was so interested with all the stuff that he was teaching me and was already interested in like, I was listening to podcasts and reading books and all this. And I was like, hold on here. I could actually like do this with some of my friends. And just, I was like, why not get, qualified and then got qualified thought nothing of it booked a one-way ticket to Colombia and quit my job and literally packed everything into a backpack cleared out my savings and it ended up being uh 18 months life-changing journey that has yeah led me to set up my own coaching business and has left me to be back home in Ireland now currently um traveling around a van that I can recently converted over the winter and I'm now doing my own podcast from it um, as I explore the the hidden gems around the magical place of Ireland. So that's a, a very short, probably long summary. No, no, that was perfect. Uh, 
Mick, I didn't. I knew you traveled for a long time. I did not realize it was 18 months, though. It's also pretty awesome that you did it solo. Like, for example, I, I travel with Ashley every time. And so I always have someone to rely on, to share a room with, like whatever it may be. And fortunately enough, we met people like you and uh, we met Ben and Tiani, the Australians that we stayed yeah. with a lot, you know. And so for you, was it ever lonely, like doing the traveling? Like, what, what was it like for you? Yeah, like I feel like you get waves of loneliness, and again, at the time I probably didn't notice it because I look back to when I went to South America, and to go back to one of your other questions in terms of like, did I miss home? I feel like I was running away from home, and I can see that very clearly now with the more work I done myself. So that's why I probably wasn't rushing home compared to other people because I maybe didn't see home in the lens that I see it now. And I feel like I've changed my perspective and changed my attitude towards that there. So that's probably one of the things that I probably did have loneliness, but I didn't really allow myself to even acknowledge it or see it. I probably didn't see it. I didn't have the self-awareness that I have now because like even traveling around Ireland in the van, like anywhere in Ireland, it's so small. You're like maybe four hours from home, like four hours drive. So it's nothing. So like no matter how far I am from home, if I get really down or really lonely, I can always drive home. And there's been times where I've maybe been like went a couple of days on my own in the van and then you're like, oh, I just wouldn't mind, you know, being around familiar faces, people you know. But I just realised that like those, those, the common waves and then it passes. And I think I'm able just to sit with it and I, I feel like I'm able to, I feel like all these things come to teach you something no matter what the emotion is. It's like, okay, right, where am I slightly disconnected at the minute? And then if it's loneliness, I'm like, okay, right, I haven't had enough social connection or I haven't had enough human connection. So I need to like try and find that. And then you can find it no matter where you are. Like even if you go into a town <clears throat> and you don't know anyone, you go into a cafe and I think it's, it's like anything, we spoke about this before we hit record, the energy that you put out, if you go in and you're very open and you know, then people are going to be a bit more receptive to that there. And, you know, what's this? They talk about the rule of reciprocity. If I, mm-hmm. I'm butchering how to say that. No, but no, what you good. give, you get back. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's, it's, a, it's the currency in every single country you go to. And it's it's taken me a long time to even realise that at home because I feel like when I come home, I would go more into myself. I'd be more insular. But when I left Ireland, I would be more outgoing. I'd be more, I would nearly change as a person. And that's why I think I was always reluctant to come home because I always went back into my old self that I didn't like. And when I went away, I was able to nearly, you're nearly able to reinvent yourself. But I feel like I've, I've reinvented myself from going traveling. It's taught me so much, but I'm able to, I'm still actively working on it, but trying to be as authentic as I can when I'm around Ireland and not changing just to fit in because um, I hope that makes sense. Oh, no, actually, Mick, you're really connecting with me deeply right now because, uh, it makes me think of when you come back to a familiar place, even if you've only been gone for like a week, it's almost like you can set a new schedule. You can have almost new habits because you're in a new area and you know, your life is almost just different in that way. And so I've noticed that when I've come back, maybe I have like a daily routine and maybe there's things in that routine that I'm not super happy about. Maybe it's waking up early and being on my phone for a little bit or whatever it may be. Like it's just habits that are not serving me in any way, helping me to grow. And so then when yeah. I leave and I don't do those things, I'm able to like change my schedule, have different habits and they're just better. I notice that when I come back, it's almost like your body remembers this space and like what your routine was and, and how everything goes. And so I notice like when I do come back, I have to still be very active and conscious about it to 
make sure that I don't fall back into that pattern. Um, so I definitely 100% understand what you're saying there. It's uh, It can be hard to reinvent yourself. And I think the the space around you plays a big role. I think, um, yeah, right. Like, like, like you changing your space with the van. Like even for me, it's like yeah. cleaning my house. Right. And it's the small things. That's it. Evan. I think it's like, and one of the biggest things for me is like, like just traveling in general. I feel like it's a, it's one of the best educations. Like I went to university, I went to like school and like, I wouldn't count myself someone that's very intelligent in terms of book smart, but like I feel like I've got like the education that I've got from traveling alone. I, I like I feel like when you're when you go solo traveling, it's taught me so much about myself, and I feel then when you know so much more about yourself, it, it, it changes the way that you nearly approach any situation. Like even just small things like my relationship with failure now, I feel like I've such a better relationship with failure. Like it doesn't scare me as much now because I'm able to put myself out there if it's a podcast or jumping on Instagram and doing a video or stuff like that because I realise that you're going to get so much from it and, you know, it's... I I feel like when you put yourself into those things at some level of discomfort, you're going to grow as a person in so many aspects and that's where I realise is like that's where you're you're nearly reinventing yourself because when you're changing your environment, you're seeing that there's a different world outside of like in Ireland here, as beautiful as it is, there's a lot of narrow mindedness and like you know people from the same town that haven't left it. And then when you go traveling, you change as a person, but when you come back, nothing's changed. And that's probably one of the hardest things that I've had to try and work on in the sense that so that you don't go back into your old habits and your old ways that maybe habits that weren't serving you habits that were destructive like one example that comes to mind is like I would have been out like binge drinking a lot when I was younger whereas now I just I don't have the same value for it like I still go out and drink and enjoy you know uh, meeting up with friends but it's just not something that I've put up high in my list of values whereas compared to getting out and hiking a mountain that lights me up that just fills my soul and I'm like, two of them is the two extremes. Whereas if you had asked me five, six years ago, even before I went to South America, drinking would have been a lot higher and hiking a mountain would have been down here. I had no interest. So again, it's just like, I feel like it's cyclical. Like as in life, you just, you start to change and you develop different interests and you know, it's, it comes with, it comes with the agent. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. You mentioned the, the alcohol because that's something for me as well. Like I'm not as big of a drinker as I used to be like, honestly, I mean, this is, this is bad, but towards high school, <laughs> you know, like underage, but, um, it's funny. Like once I became of age, oh I, like, yes. Cause you are 21. Yeah. Aren't you? Tw- 21. Yeah. yeah um, see, we're a teen in Ireland. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, yeah, that's a whole other topic. We could yeah, get we'll not, we'll, we'll not open up any lawsuits here, Evan. Don't worry. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the thing that I've realized too, is like, I look back to the times that I was drinking excessively. And I link it back to, like, my self-confidence. It probably was nowhere near where it is now. I feel like I'm a lot more secure in myself that I could go on a night out sober. I don't need to drink. Because I'm, like, when you're a lot more authentic, then, like, if someone doesn't like you or you don't need the people, please. Now, this is not me saying that I have all this figured out. I feel like it's something that I'm always actively working on. But I have done it so many times in the last few years where... You know, I can go out and not worry about a drink and I don't need it. I feel like I can have that connection without it. But in the past, I realized that connection, without even knowing this, but looking back now, 
I love Steve Jobs' quote where it's like, you, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And I feel like that's very true in so many things we all see in hindsight. But I look back and it's like, when I was always going to like nights out or parties or things like that, it was to have that sense of connection. But everyone else was binge drinking. So I was like, like a herd mentality, just follow everyone else. So I would have binge drunk as well. Where I never actually enjoyed it. Whereas now I can see I don't actually enjoy this here, but I do enjoy connection. So I can still go out and maybe not, you don't have to be doing what everyone else does. And I feel like I've adapted that approach into other aspects of just even opinions that I have or perspectives that I have. Like my perspective on how to live life would maybe be so different to say some of my family, like my immediate family. But I'm like, that's okay. It's like in the past, I would have been maybe more shaped to the way they think. Whereas I'm just like, no, like everyone has their own way they live. And I'm like, none, neither is right or wrong, but it's just doing what feels right by you. And I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to just lean more into that sort of authenticity, which it's, as I said, it's work in progress. But um, even by doing these podcasts, by even hosting the podcast, I feel like I'm growing more into it. And you, I don't know, can you relate to that there when you're doing the episodes with people? Like you're picking up so many golden nuggets and just even, it doesn't even need to be a podcast. It could be somebody on the street that you meet. I feel like you can learn something from everybody. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. I think that's been my favorite thing about doing a podcast is... I, like I do a lot of solo episodes and I enjoy those because it's like a it's almost like a research for me. But when I speak with someone like you, man, it's it's just so cool to hear people's opinions and views on life and the different ways that they you know different things they bring to the table. I mean, honestly, I've literally I have a notebook here right now because there's there's times where I'm listening and I'm just like, dang, that's so good, and and I'll, I'll have to jot that down. So yeah, I I absolutely love that. But also one thing I like to make that you said is um and you've said this in the past, but you know talking with like drinking for example, um mm -hmm. you know I think both you and I understand that like alcohol is obviously like not good for the body, like it's a poison, blah blah, blah all that. But I think there is also um you know people they see me and they're like, oh man this guy never drinks, right? Because that's what he talks about on his podcast and all that. But I think people don't understand like life is all a balance as well, right? And so do I go drink a beer regularly? No, I really don't. But will I go out once every couple months, like with some friends or something and have a beer? Absolutely. Like I am totally open to it. I still enjoy the flavor of certain beers, you know, and I think yeah. there's such a balance. And you did a great job with from what I saw in terms of like when you were when you're working with clients, you know, you want to eat healthy most of the time. But at the end of the day, like we live in a modern world, you're going to go out, you're going to you don't want to be that person that's always like, sorry, can't can't do that can't do that. And I mean, if you are, yeah. that's fine. Like you have amazing boundaries for yourself. That's awesome. But I'm, I'm a pretty big believer in like, still enjoying the little things in life, but in moderation, right? Oh, 100%. And I think that's the thing. It's like, it's bringing it back to why are you doing something? And like, there's some of my friends that truly love the taste of alcohol and that's why they'd maybe drink a bit more than me. Whereas I don't actually enjoy the taste of it. So I think for me, that's why I probably don't drink that much casually. But that being said, there's times where, because the, the way I look at um, health is like, you have your physical health, you have your mental health, you have your emotional health, you have your spiritual health, and then you have your social health. So, like, your social health is also so important. And that's what I always say to people is, like, especially if I was working with my clients, I'm like, don't be missing nights out or parties or anything that is going to also fill your cup up because that's part of your health as well. Now, that does not mean that you say yes to every single party and go and get blackout drunk. But it means that you, you can still say yes to every meetup, but you're maybe more intentional with your choices. And 
if your friends are drinking two drinks to every one of your drinks, then that means that you're, you know, you're maybe drinking 50% less. It's just making those small changes. But again, it's bringing it back to that, like just being intentional with your choices and realizing that health is multi-dimensional. It's not just, I think that people look at health and it's just like physical health and mental health. And it's good that mental health become a lot more talked about on both our podcasts, but it goes so much deeper than that too. And I think then when you can see it from that sort of, do you know that it's a lot of different layers, then you're always trying to make sure, okay, right, have I got enough social connection? Because you could be the fittest, strongest person on in LA, go down to Venice Beach and be absolutely ripped to pieces, but maybe have no friends and be crippled with loneliness. And I'm like, that's not a life worth living in my opinion. Whereas if you could be maybe slightly higher body fat percentage, you maybe have a few drinks at the weekend, but you're going out with friends, you're more balanced across the board. You might be at 80% in all those areas. You're not just like 95% in three of them and then the other two are basically 5 10%. You know, it's, and it goes back to what you said, finding that balance in all areas of life. So I, I think that's where we maybe sync up, Evan, is like we're trying to take a very holistic approach. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I love that you're going with the social aspect of it because I remember I, I did a podcast episode on this and I can't remember the exact figures and everything, but it was, a, I believe it was a study done by, I want to say Harvard. And it's like one of the longest studies that was ever done where they took, I think it was just men, but they took them from uh, like some people from Harvard. So from like a higher economic background, and then they took people from the inner city, right? And so you had people from different income levels, and then they tracked them over the course of their life and saw who lived the longest, what played the biggest role. And what they ended up finding was regardless of your income level, who you're born, like whatever, like any of the situations that you're born into, the best thing for a long life or the thing that led to the longest lives was having really quality relationships. And so yeah. exactly what you were saying, like you could be the most shredded person, right? Eating like the just strictest diet possible. But if you have zero friends or, you know, just people to like spend some time with, I mean, that's, that's going to take a toll on your health. Like you said, it's multidimensional really. Yeah. And that's, have you ever heard of the blue zones, Evan? Yeah. Yeah. Like I love that there because like, Obviously, there is some form of physical aspect. There's obviously some form of nutrition. But they focus heavily on that sense of community. They all eat their meals together. They harvest the crops together. And again, it's that sense of belonging to something bigger. And I don't know what it's like in LA, but Ireland, it has that. But I feel like it's, it is, it's losing that in the sense that there's not as that much of a sense of community. Now, it depends on the context. There is obviously groups out there. But... In maybe in years gone by, it would have been like the whole town would have been so much sense of belonging because you didn't have anything else outside of that. You had nothing else to compare it to. You weren't looking at uh, social media. You literally just had what was on your your doorstep and you made the most of it. So I don't know. Maybe that's something that we all um, need to you know start to prioritize more of because I've been guilty of it in the past too, where I've neglected the social connections you know because of the busyness of life and you know you're like oh, I'll meet up with friends next week and next week and next week and you know weeks go by and you maybe haven't seen some of your friends and um, I feel like there's always you, you, I feel like you need to carve that time out you need to be intentional again just going back to that being intentional with it because months can pass by and you look back and go oh my god I haven't seen uh, anyone that I'm close to you know because of 
I'm working on a podcast or I'm working on a business, but it's, it's, it doesn't make it okay either. Do you know, I think you have to make these things a priority and again, just find that balance. Yeah, definitely. I think the US and I, I'm not sure how it is in Ireland, but from what you just said are similar in a lot of ways. And like you said, it depends on the part of the country, the community, all that, but you know, definitely it's common to, you know, like not even know your neighbor. And I remember yeah. I saw, I saw this video where this guy from New York was out in uh, Africa and he went and visited a tribe out there and the like the head like chief, I guess, was talking to him and he was like, uh, he was like, what, what kind of like community do you live in? And he was like, yeah, no, I live in a big building, probably 300 people in that building, you know? And he was like, wow, wow. Okay. Like a, like a lot of people. He's like, oh, do you guys all meet and talk and everything? He's like, no, no, I actually don't really even know who I live next to. And the guy's face was just, he just couldn't believe it. He was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you live next to each other and never communicate? Cause to them, if you live next to someone, you're, you're feeding that person. You're helping in some way. Like community is not a choice. It's, a necessity right yeah um, it's wild and i feel i feel that that's that's a, a great point that we've lost that that we no longer rely on our neighbors we're so self-sufficient but it's actually come at our detriment of the community aspect because maybe in the past you would have been like okay i have no milk i'm gonna go to my neighbors or i need a hell a hand with something whereas like yeah like that's such a great point and i think it does exist. I feel like it probably exists more in like the smaller towns in Ireland, whereas maybe the same in America, the big cities, it's not going to be as apparent. But again, it's down to likes of me and you too, you know, even just by slowing down and trying to get to know the people. And I think that's one thing I've realised is like you can sit here and, you know, talk about all these things and complain about it. But I'm like, you're also in somewhat control of you can have that wee small ripple effect of talking to that person that you meet in a local shop or starting that conversation and actually you know, practicing what you preach. It doesn't mean that it's going to, the whole town's going to become real tight-knit community, but it means then that at least you're living and breathing what you say you're missing because, I don't know, I think then it's, you're a bit of a hypocrite if you're just complaining about not having it where you could still have an impact. A hundred percent, Mick. I think we need to take control of what we have control of, right? And that's like our actions. But I also definitely wanted to ask you this because we were you were chatting a little bit about like the different dimensions of, of health and for example you were talking about mental health and for me like i think something that i know you're into but is not as well known is just more like mentality right the mentality of like you were saying when you in ireland and we have this in the us where people can be very narrow-minded because they've literally like never left their state right or whatever it may be and so they just don't know what's beyond them and for example with travel i know that i've Looking back on it now, I realized the mentality shifts that I had while traveling because my eyes were open to different things. And so I'm very curious to hear what were some of your biggest mentality shifts from travel. But I definitely, I want to say two of my biggest ones, especially from South America, was for one, is just being like totally out of your comfort zone, right? Like you are no longer in your community where you know everyone or you might run into someone or whatever it may be than to being like a total stranger, not really like I speak Spanish, but you know, there's, especially at that time, like I, I could get tripped up on words easily and not yeah. know what a person was saying. And, and you're just really out of your comfort zone. And I think that's very humbling. And I also felt like taking for granted luxuries, like whether that be hot water and air conditioning at, and that's, sorry, South America has that. <laughs> I'm talking about when I'm like in the tiny villages, right? Like, yeah, uh, 
that's where like the Amazon, for example. Yeah, that's where I really was just like, dang, like we have it so good. And yeah, it gave me a really big appreciation. And I've noticed that mentality shift in my life. How about you? Yeah, like, I feel like I've so many. I feel like I could, we could turn this into that episode alone. But one of the biggest things was that I remember in so many of the places, like they weren't rich in terms of financially or materialism. But I feel they were rich in terms of how they lived life. And that's something that still stands to me. There were people who were walking around with maybe living in a, like literally, and this is not me like exaggerating, it's literally like a tin hut in some some cases. But there were some of the happiest people that I come across. And then you see, flip that, you see some of us in the Western world and they're living in big houses, nice cars, and they're so unhappy and they're miserable. And it, it really taught me is like, what, true happiness is do you know it's not a number in the bank account it's not the car you drive it's not the clothes on your back it's just like it's walking around with a smile on your face enjoying the simple things in the past and the time so that was one of the biggest things and I think it just really hit me hard in the sense that how much I took for granted at home and it gave me like a nearly a new sense of appreciation or just nearly like stuck my head in the fire and going you have a lot to be grateful for but you need to actually see that. Um, and I think that's one thing that I've realised is like when you go travelling, you can see that, you know, firsthand. Because like people can talk about these things and say, oh yeah, people in these countries, you know, they're poor. But until you see someone, like I remember living in Buenos Aires and I've seen a lot of Venezuelans who had to flee their country and they were literally going through the bins, the dumpsters to get food and I was just like to see that with your own eyes in the flesh it just broke your heart and you're just like that that they're just literally surviving and like you're like I have life so easy so that was probably one big one yeah and I suppose the other one was like how lucky we have it in the western world too is like just even like uh, where you're born do you know like again something I took for granted but there's one of my Colombian friends um, Diego who I met um, just as I travelled around and we actually bumped into each I, I met him in Peru but we kept met, meeting up because everyone follows the gringo trail he was actually following the gringo trail too even though he wasn't a gringo and he said to me one day like he's a really intelligent guy he was doing a masters in engineering and he told me he was like yeah I just wish I was born in a different country or not even that sorry it was the way he uh, verbalised was I wish it was easier for me to move to a different country and work and rear a family there because he was like I don't want to rear my family in Colombia and because he realised how much harder it is to give them the, the things that he wanted and even just small things like education he had to go, um, I think he maybe went to America to get his education and then he came back to Colombia. But small things they got, things that you take again completely for granted. So, and that's only two that come to mind. I feel like if you ask me tomorrow or later, I'd be like, oh, this and that. And, you know, I feel like it's endless because, again, when you're put there and again, when you're on your own, I feel like you're able to absorb it and actually take a step back and see these things and realize hold on here we have we have things good yeah very quickly for anyone listening who doesn't know what the gringo trail is that is a, <laughs> a a common basically path in south america that you can travel along and it's the gringo trail obviously because all the gringos <laughs> do that trail i'm guessing but yeah that's how we met heaven on yeah. the gringo trail 
Yeah, which shout out to Mount Cotopaxi and the Secret Garden. I mean, that was, oh my God, like a magical place. Incredible. I know we could go for days on that one. And it's funny, I look back on that one, Evan, just to even give you a, a quick insight. I had never done hiking at all before I went to Cotopaxi. And then, just to give people uh, the background story, I went there as a volunteer, but it was by default because I wanted to go to the secret garden. So there's two secret garden houses. There's a sister one in Quito, the capital, but I wanted to go there because I heard it was a party hostel. So I wanted to go and party, and then they told me, no, there's no spaces, so you have to go to this one. It's in the mountains, and I was like, fuck's sake, <laughs> I don't want to go to the mountains. And then they're like, you're going to be like a, a like once I arrived, they told me right, you're the guide that takes people up and down the mountain, and it's like a seven hour round trip hike. And I'm scratching my head, thinking I haven't done like a two hour hike, never mind a seven hour hike, and me being the guide. So I remember the first day that I had to take the people up the mountain, and I was standing there in a pair of tracksuit bottoms, a pair of trainers, not hiking boots, and everyone around me was in their proper hiking gear. And then I started giving the talk, and they were like, "So, like, are you the guide?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "We're like." you're not worrying anything at all that's relevant to hiking in this mountain. And I was like, ah, it's grand, you know, you don't really need it. You know, I was just passing it off. And I think they were a bit sort of scared, but we got up and down the mountain safe. And honestly, I look back now, I was like, that's where I got my love of hiking. Now I cannot get enough of the mountains and I just appreciate them so much more, even at home now in Ireland. There's so many great hiking trails here. I didn't do any of them until I came home from South America. Uh, it's so cool. It's yeah. Once again, like getting the appreciation for you know, like you have to travel abroad sometimes to appreciate what's in front of you. <laughs> but Big uh, time. yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, make also I wanted to ask you like, because I in terms of like mentality, what and I know that's a uh, like I've, I've listened to a few of your recent here uh, podcasts. And that's kind of like a big topic that you usually dive into. What are like some of the biggest takeaways you've had from the people you've had on in terms of like mentality and like applying that to life and, and what kind of uh, benefit that's had for you in your own personal life. Yeah. I feel like, like, as you said, you can learn so much from other people. And the biggest thing that I've realized is like the power of the mind and it is massive. It is honestly massive because one of the guests on the podcast explained it like this. You can look at it from either lens. You can look at it from a place of fear or you can look at it from a place of love and nearly go into like fears, the, the scarcity mindset where you watch the news and you're like, the world is a dark place. It's a dangerous place. There's not enough money. There's a recession. We're going to run out of food. You know, life's hard. Or you can look at it from a place of love, abundance, and you're looking at it that I have enough. The world is unreal. The people are unreal and everything I'm doing, I'm on the right path. And I think those two things, there's there's so much on the polarity, but if you can actually try and realise when you're going more to one side, on the scarcity side, and try and pull yourself back, and I suppose build up the the awareness, which I think that's the most foundational thing, is you need that awareness then to understand when you're drifting. Because I still find myself drifting all the time. It's like, you maybe drift into like, that sort of negativity which is you know it's human you know but if you can try and catch that because I feel like if you let those thoughts become too repetitive then that's when they start to become part of your subconscious program and I'm not sure if you or any of your listeners have like dived into much of like Joe Dispenza 
any of his work like epigenetics and it's really just hammering home the point that your thoughts literally can lead you down a path of where you want to go and I heard a quote I don't actually know if it was him that said it but it's like your genetics load the gun your lifestyle pulls the trigger mm. so basically now this is probably off on a tangent but it's linked to like your, the power of your thought and the lifestyle is going to lead you to where you're going to be when you're 50, 60 do you know so I think that's why I'm so passionate about trying to help people but also help myself to try and rewire those programs that we've picked up from a young age of maybe <clears throat> for me it was I'm not good enough and that's always something that showed up and that's why I would have been a chronic people pleaser that's why I would have maybe not have been the most confident whereas by now doing all these things and actually putting myself out there I feel like each day I'm trying I'm like building block by block I'm building more confidence I'm building more of a resilient mindset I'm moving more to that place of abundance and that I have enough and maybe even the trips in the van has taught me that too that you don't need much in life to be happy and when you can actually live in that place enough you have enough then I feel like you're on the right track and that's not me saying that I've all this figured out I get still get so many days where I'm like you know lost or down or in that sort of not enough or that fear of the unknown but I feel like I can you can sit there a lot easier because you realize it's it's human to have those thoughts and feelings but not to wallow and bathe in them for days and months and pull yourself out of it and get back to the things that actually light you up and back on the right path yeah I really appreciate that you brought up Joe Dispenza, because that, that is the meditation that I was doing for the 30 days straight. Oh, was, unreal. Yeah, yeah, it was a Joe Dispenza one. It was amazing. But I do like when people kind of ask that question, like, oh, but how do my thoughts really affect what shows up in my life? And I always just kind of think of whenever someone tells you, oh, like they show you a song and then you're like, I've never heard this song before. And then all of a sudden you just hear the song everywhere. And it's like, wait, hold on, Did this, is this a new song? Like, why is everyone playing this song now? And it's like, you just weren't aware of it. It was in the background, but you just yeah. weren't, you didn't have your attention drawn to it, right? And, and it's like seeing a certain car or whatever it may be. And it's like, all of a sudden, now you see the car everywhere. And it's just because you're literally drawing your attention to it now. And so the way I kind of look at it is when you start to bring your attention to the things that you want, you're going to start to see those more often and see the opportunities to kind of go after those. Whereas... If you weren't doing that, if you weren't bringing your attention to it, those things would have still been happening in your life, but they would have passed you by because, you know, they would just be unconsciously happening in the background, you know? Uh, so I, I really love that you brought that up because it's, it's huge. It's literally what you think is like where your attention is going is, your, is where your energy is flowing as well. Yeah, and that's so true because I see it like I look back and I would have counted myself a, a very negative person and not that long ago, you know, like in my 20s. Because I had that insecurity, I was, I was living in that sort of fear mindset. And then it's no wonder that then you're always attracting that into your life. Whereas now, I'm like, I feel like I've completely shifted that mindset. But then also you're attracting different opportunities in your life, different people. And that's where I really believe is like the vibration that you put out is what you're going to get back. So if you're someone that's always complaining and saying that there's not the world's a shit place, you're going to always find that evidence, you know, that confirmation bias. You're always going to find that evidence to back up your story. So it's just shifting your perspective and looking at it through a different lens. And I love challenging myself and challenging other people and going, hold on here, how can you flip the script in this? And like if something really shit happens, I'm like, right, how can you find something to be grateful for? Or how can you find something that 
what lesson can you find in this shit that has happened? You know, because I think when you can do that there, there's lessons to be found in absolutely everything, but you actually you need to look for them and that's that's the hard bit. Yeah, for me, that's actually been one of my biggest mentality shifts here recently. And there's a book literally on this topic. Are you familiar with Ryan Holiday, the author of The Daily Stoic? Oh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have it uh, here in the van, so I do. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's it's excellent. And, and I, I kind of figured you'd you would know about this. But yeah, his book, The Obstacle is the Way, uh, man, that has been really game changer for me. Just being able to when I'm going through something like really difficult and it's starting to get the better of me, maybe even altering my mental health, you know, getting to a point where getting like just down and out about things, anxious, whatever it might be, having that ability to look at the thing that's causing you all this pain and strife and being able to look at it and say, now, hold on, what is this moment meant to teach me, right? Like, what am I meant to learn through this? And how is it trying to prepare me for the future, right? So that I can better handle a situation like this or or something similar to it. And for me, that's been so huge because I've, you know, just been able to look at things like, instead of being like, my God, why is this happening to me? This is so difficult, just like frustrated. And then being able to just sit back and just think like, okay, hold on. What am I trying to learn? Whether it's maybe you're going through money issues, right? And it's like debt or whatever. Okay, maybe you're going through this difficult time of paying off the debt and and having that uncomfortability so that you'll know in the future when you pull that credit card out to go pay with something, you know, it's you're thinking to yourself now, okay, is this worth putting myself back in that situation that I was in, right? Do I want to go through the pain of having to pay off all that debt again? Or am I going to be smart now and think, okay, is this truly worth it? Can I yeah. think find another way of doing this, right? And uh, I always just now am trying to look at things from that lens of, okay, what is this trying to teach me? What can I learn from it? And how can I grow from it, right? So then in the moment, while it still sucks, at least you know it's for something, right? And it's going to better prepare you. That's been everything for me lately. Yeah, and that's so true, Evan. Like, it's a great point, man, because, like, and you know what it is? Like, that's life. I think I'll have to accept it. Like, this is not us saying that, oh, just uh, when something shit happens, just sit there and be grateful. It doesn't work like that. Do you know, just times you're going to be like, you want to just punch a door and you're like, fuck. But you realise after that sort of emotion passes, I feel like, and this is the big thing and probably very closely linked to what you're saying, is it like, I keep telling myself everything is happening to teach us something. And when you can try and approach it from that situation going, no matter how good or how bad something is, you can, when you actually, again, I think it's not the experience itself, but it's actually sitting with experience and reflecting on it and then go, okay, right, what what was that experience teaching me? Because you may not know at the moment. So like say if you're going through money problems or you're going through relationship problems or whatever it is, at that moment, you're not going to see that because you, you maybe have that fog and, you know, you need to let the, the fog settle. But then maybe in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you can see, oh, okay, right, this is what I've learned from this. This is the lesson I've learned. Because when you do the work and actually reflect, I feel like there's always something that you can take that's going to help with your self-improvement. But again, it comes. I feel like it comes down to doing the work, which I feel like sometimes people shy away from. And then maybe if we stick to that example of, say, financial or relationship, if like, if you keep making the same mistakes over and over again, nothing changes if nothing changes. So you have to actually take that time to step back, pause and reflect, and then sometimes just hold your hand up and going, okay, right. The, 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 the decisions I've been making haven't really been 
helping me so maybe you need to change something and you know just take that responsibility I feel like that's been the biggest thing one of the biggest things that's shifted for me is like just taking responsibility for where you are it's nobody's fault it's just down to you to like whatever's done's done but going right you're in control of your actions going forward and not sitting there playing victim and going oh well it's the it's the medical people's problem or it's my boss's problem or it's my partner's problem you know, you have the choice to change it. And I think when you take back that ownership, you take back that, that power. Yeah, you said that beautifully, Nick. It's, that is absolute truth. Uh, if you are placing the blame on someone else, that means that they have the power to change that, right? You're relying on them to change your situation. But if you take responsibility for it, even, even if it wasn't your fault, now you're taking back the power to actually do something to change that, right? Yeah. So, that's that's super good. I also think that when you go through difficult tasks, it's equipping you with the tools to be worthy of whatever the outcome is, right? So for example, I used the example of winning the lottery and then working for your wealth, right? So if you take someone who, let's just really give this person the full story where it's pull yourself up by the bootstraps, make your own money, started from nothing and became multimillionaire, right? As a person, as opposed to a person who just got some lucky numbers on a lottery ticket and then won the lotto, right? The difference is the person that worked for the wealth at e each incremental step, which was very difficult and, you know, went through a lot of trials and, and had a lot to go through, but now they know how to manage that money at certain levels. They learned to manage $100,000. They learned to manage $250,000, you know, and so as they went on and on, they developed the skills and really became like worthy of being able to handle that money. And then the person who wins the lotto, well, that's awesome. And, and there are people who have success stories. A lot of the times what you see is the person loses all the money, you know, within literally the matter, a matter of a, like a few years. And we're talking millions of dollars, right? But the reason is, is because that person is so used to managing a couple thousand dollars a cu every two weeks, right? Because that's their paycheck. And a lot of yeah. times it's, they live that full paycheck all the way. They put just enough away for rent, you know, they, they, and then just, you know, live it up. So they don't really know how to manage that money. Right. And so to me, I feel like going through the difficulty and the hardship, a lot of times equips you with the, the tools to better manage whatever that life is that you're wanting, right? So um, I almost see the difficulty as a, just a part of the process of becoming that person you want to be, right? Yeah, and that, that's so, it's such a great example. And one example that is probably similar is like, that I put it to is like having such a love for hiking. I'm like, you could get somebody to drop you off at the, at the summit, but I'm like, you miss all the best parts, which is the struggle to get to the top because that's part of the journey and as cliche and as cheesy as it is if you don't enjoy the journey you're never going to be happy with the end product so like if you're unhappy at the minute winning the lotto is not going to solve anything because as you said it'll cover up and it, it will put a plaster over a bullet wound for a number of years until you blow that money and then you're like how many stories do you hear about people that win the lotto but in a few years they're broken depressed and it just shows that money is not the the issue and it's also not the answer i really love the hiking metaphor just as you said that i was like yeah being dropped off at the top or actually struggling through it. like man when you get to the top you feel like you earned that yeah that view right it's it's so true and i think every single hike i go on i think that's what i love about it 
and I feel like you get so many life lessons from hiking. I know I do anyway. Every time I go up the mountain, even like solo hikes, that's where I find like to me that's like therapy. I go up there and like I feel like it's you nearly just leave your problems at the bottom of the mountain, and like you, the higher you get up, the smaller your problems become. And it's like life in general is like when you go up to a summit of a mountain, you're looking down, you realize how small you are, how small, not that your problems are irrelevant, they're not, but it also makes you realize how big the world is and how little time we have here. I think it sort of puts everything into perspective and then it nearly gives you that sense of, right, look, let's get busy living because we have limited time here. We're a flash in the pan in what is this 7 billion, 8 billion people universe so do the best you can and look that's I don't know I know again there's a lot of cliches a lot of sort of stuff that I'm just throwing out there but it's sort of just like top of mind yeah well they're cliches for a reason right <clears throat> yeah yeah but I, I was gonna say Mick something I've been doing on these recent podcasts is I want to give listeners the ability to apply the knowledge that we speak of in these podcasts. And one of the things for what we're talking about, usually it's, it's, um, I'm talking about some random health topic and it's like, okay, how to improve that, you know? So I'll give a few actionable steps in, in terms of how they can apply the knowledge from the podcast to their life. And so for this one, I think we're really mainly talking about mentality, mental shifts, all of that, but I would love for you to give one to five steps for someone who, let's just say they're starting out on their health and wellness journey, or maybe they're starting to shift their mindset from the victim to not victim, like whatever it may be, what would be your one to five steps to start developing habits, creating a better mindset or even health? What would that be? Yeah, I suppose it comes, the most fundamental is like understanding why you actually want to change because I feel like it, it comes from that. That's like nearly the foundation is like, because when you have a strong why, then it's going to actually help you follow through with it. Because, like, say, for example, if we were to put um, a steel beam across two of the tallest buildings in LA, and we were to say, walk across that there, you'd be like, no chance, Mick, I'm not doing that. But if I was to say, Ashley's the other side of that there, Evan, you have to walk across to save her. You're doing it. You're not figuring out how, you're just making it happen. So I think that's one example is when you have a strong why and you understand why you're doing the change, then everything else will follow in behind that because you'll be able to find the information, you'll be able to muster up the motivation, you'll be able to muster up the, you know, the courage to get started. So it's probably number one's the why. Second one would probably be then just start. Um, you will be able to overthink it. You'll be able to go down a YouTube rabbit hole. You'll be able to like research the shit out of it but there's only so many times you can watch a youtube video and how to do press-ups until you actually have to go and do a press-up and you maybe fall flat on your face and realize i can't do a press-up and that's okay because at least you've realized that but at least you've started because the hardest thing that i find for people is to go from zero to one and not one to ten because people maybe compare somebody who's at chapter 13 in their fitness journey or chapter 13 in their um, relationship or business or anything but you're maybe a chapter one or chapter zero so it's looking right where am I at and then just building on that so it'd be the why just start and then after that I suppose it's trying to figure out I feel like self-awareness is such a big thing so if you can actually have the self-awareness to see where your patterns are what habits need to change what habits can stay and at least then you know 
that some habits are serving you and some habits aren't. But again, I feel like without that awareness and without actually shining the spotlight in, then nothing's going to change external. And when it comes to transformation in any aspect, this is like the big thing I've realized is that true transformation starts from the inside out because you need to start shifting your mindset. But to shift your mindset, you need to see where your mindset's lacking. So that would be the awareness side of things. And then I suppose after that is like reaching out is like, I feel like accountability is massive in the sense that like, I know people are going to maybe roll their eyes at this as like, it's a coach talking, another coach speaking about accountability, but I'm a coach, but I still have a coach myself, even though I know what to do. I don't care how much you know, because no one's not enough, because everyone knows what a calorie deficit is. Everyone knows eat less, move more, and that equals weight loss. But that's not enough because we're humans. We're not robots. There'll be times where you're just going to come home from work or you're tired or you're maybe, you've, maybe you have to work late or you maybe relationship problems and you're not going to want to do the things that's going to serve you. But when you have someone there to hold you accountable, that takes things to the next level. And I think accountability is a superpower that too many people neglect. So don't be afraid to invest in yourself which is probably the last one. Um, and maybe them two link in together. But I feel like we spend so much money on all our subscriptions. We have a Netflix subscription, Amazon subscription. We have subscription to other things, maybe clothing. We go and spend money at the weekend, you know, out partying or car payments and all these things. But you look at all these things and a lot of them are maybe like materialistic or like not even materialistic, but you're asking, how are they adding to your life? And the majority of the time, a lot of them aren't. They're maybe superficially adding. So it's asking, well, hold on here. This £100 or $100 a month subscription could actually be life-changing. But if I actually invest that and not see it as like, oh, it's £100. See it as like, this is £100 that I'm putting into me that is going to reap rewards in your health and your happiness and your relationships and so many things. But I think sometimes we're so we're somewhat short-term focused and, we don't think of the bigger picture and where we want to be in like a few years time and we only think of right I'm going to do a four week boot camp just going to um, do that and that's going to be the answer to all my problems so that's maybe number six that you didn't ask for is <laughs> think long term <laughs> and don't just think short term because I think we live in a world where people are looking that lotto win and they're maybe looking for that sort of quick fix that isn't what they actually need because if you think of a weight example you didn't put on the two stone that you're trying to lose. You didn't put it on in four weeks. You gained it maybe over two years. So why are we trying to lose it in two weeks or four mm. weeks or six weeks? So hopefully that comes uh, in some yeah. benefit. Make that was beautiful. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I couldn't have expected anything better than that. That was a beautiful way of, of breaking that down. And I 100% couldn't agree more on accountability. I have people holding me accountable as well because like you said, we're human and we lack motivation at times. It's natural. So having accountability while people, yeah, might discount that. No, it is, it is literally top of mind. So Mick, thank you so much for joining me today. Honestly, this is a little bit of a selfish podcast because I just wanted to catch up with you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> honestly, Mick, I really appreciate it. And I know we're coming to an end here, but if you want to share any last thoughts or even your social media where people can connect or whatever you'd like to uh the floor is yours no i appreciate firstly 
I just want to say thanks for inviting me on and like the message that you're putting out and the stuff that you're doing I think it's unbelievable and it's great to see because I think that maybe that's why the two of us connected we're very like minded and hopefully it's that's maybe one message that people can take away is like even though me and Evan met a couple of years ago we haven't seen each other in person since what we've said in touch and it just shows the, the power of connection and how it's it's great to have people like you and, and Mike Horner so I really appreciate it honestly for even giving me the time to come on your podcast and for anyone that wants to check out my own podcast I'm currently travelling around Ireland in my converted camper van and I'm trying to interview somebody from every county so in Ireland we have 32 counties so it's maybe like um, I suppose you have counties in America too don't you? Yeah yeah, yeah. So it's probably like maybe maybe it's more like a state. Sorry, it'd be more like a state only on a lot smaller scale because Ireland is tiny. So we've thirty two counties. I'm trying to interview someone from every county and just to bring these stories to people that's breaking down the barriers of you know everything we spoke about here in terms of mental health and also hopefully inspire people to try and go out there and fulfil their potential and lean into those fears and lean into that discomfort because that's something that I wish I had when I was starting out on all this sort of self-improvement journey and I look at, I still feel like I'm only getting started on a lot of this and I still feel like how much I've grew and how much more com- confident and comfortable in my skin I am and it's down to the help of podcasts and books. So hopefully by listening to this conversation and potentially listening to any of my podcasts, it'll just even give you something to, you know, apply into your own life and realise that you're capable of so much more and that's what I want to just instill in people. This lights me up because I feel like sometimes we hold ourselves back and I'm like, life's for living, we've got a short period of time here, just go and live and fulfil your potential as best you can and enjoy it too, don't be taking life too seriously. Yeah, Mick, and sorry, I actually, I should have started this podcast with mentioning your podcast because for everyone listening, it is an excellent podcast. Mick has been doing it longer than I have. Actually, Mick had me on his show as one of the first shows I was ever on. So thank you to that. And uh, it's excellent. You, I, I have seen your progression and your growth. You really have stepped into the role of a podcast host. And uh, once again, yeah, love the message you're bringing as well. So for everyone listening, yeah, please go check out Mick's podcast. It's actually, it's literally a podcast that I listen to. And I have a select list of people that I will listen to. And uh, you do make that role. So make sure that Evan. Oh, no, absolutely. It's well-deserved. Mick, I will be seeing you in Ireland one of these days. I promise you I will come out and uh, come check out the beautiful country out there. I'm looking forward to it, Avin. I'll host you in the van and show you all the hidden gems. Oh, I love that. No, it'd be amazing. Mick, I appreciate you so much, man. It's great connecting. We'll be in touch. And uh, everyone, please, yeah, go check out Mick. He's excellent guy, beautiful mentality, really knows what he's talking about. Aside from that, you know, connect to your elements and do everything with good intentions. Thank you all so much for joining. And thank you, Mick. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate the time, man. Wow. Thank you, Mick, for coming on to this show and for providing all of this knowledge to our listeners with some actionable steps there as well at the end. And of course, thank you as well for tuning in. And as always, I hope that you received something from this podcast. If you found any benefit in the show, then please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leaving a rating and review, and most importantly, share this episode with anyone who may benefit from hearing it as well. This goes a long way in helping to spread the message of this show, and of course, please tag me in any social media posts where you might be sharing this episode in a story. I would love to see that, and it would truly mean the world to me. And if you're looking to support this show monetarily, then please check out the show notes for some of our incredible affiliates, such as Energy Bits and Organifi. 
with both of them, you will receive a 20% discount code on your entire order just for being a listener to the show. That discount code is going to be in the show notes with the link as well. So go ahead and check that out if you'd like. There's some really incredible stuff there. And before I let you all go, I just wanted to go over mix five steps one more time because they were really on point and resonated with myself as well. So number one was understand your why. Why is it that you're doing whatever it is that you're doing? Number two is just start. A lot of the times we want everything to be perfect to start, but if you wait for life to be perfect to start anything, then you're never ever going to start. So just start. Number three is self-awareness. What serves you and what doesn't. You need to be clear on both of those and make sure that you are feeding that which serves you and not that which doesn't. Number four is accountability. Now, this is definitely the biggest one, as we were saying in the episode, because motivation will eventually run dry and it is truthfully going to come down to either having a partner that is going to be able to hold you accountable, whether that's a coach or a friend Or if you are just truly a boss like that, then maybe you are very accountable and good at holding yourself accountable. And really, this is going to be key in accomplishing pretty much any goal. And number five, this was a little bonus one, and that was gather. So we want to make sure that we're spending time with those that we love and with the people that truly fire us up in life, right? You don't want to be spending your time with those that are dragging you down and making you feel drained of energy. You want to feel alive and you want to feel energized by the people that you hang out with. So those are the five actionable steps that Mick left us all with. And I hope that you guys found some benefit in all of these. And remember to take what serves you and leave what doesn't. Alrighty, everyone have a great rest of your day and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.